You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. So basically, he looks for that tone when okay. he's editing the thing. Yeah. I'm teaching Logan how, how the show works. I'm like teaching him the ins and outs of like the technical side of the program. It's so very, John, very high tech. So, so Skibbs hears and sees that boop uh-huh. waveform, and then he knows that's when the show is beginning. Hi, welcome to the motherfucking podcast. It's the beginning of the show. The boop that you don't hear means mm-hmm. that it's it's time to do the show. This is was, episode 31. It was a hell of a boop. It <laughs> was oh. a good boop. Isn't that what uh, all the kids are doing these days? They're like booping. They're booping. Yeah. They're they're booping tampons full of grain alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give it a try, man. It's, it's it's far out. No, you know what booping is? Booping is when you boof, mm-hmm. when you boof something and then you push it out after you're you, done with it, you, you boop, boop it. it out. Yeah. 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 So booping is in, booping is out. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't, like you and your buddy are like like boofing you know, drugs, or you're like boofing a tampon full of Everclear or whatever. It's like, oh man, I'm so wasted. I better go boop this out before I overdose. Just boop it, bro. <laughs> just, just, just boop right here. I need you to boop this out, bro. You're too fucked up. Have you ever boofed? Have you ever uh, boofed anything? Never boofed anything, but I'm willing to try it. You know? I, I am legitimately willing to try it. Like I've heard, I've heard about boofing. Yeah. I heard about boofing, but listen, man, I knew about boofing before it was even called boofing. I did uh, before there was a figure in the public eye talking about it. Yeah, right, totally. Yeah, I knew, I knew what it was before in the public brown eye. The public brown eye. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I remember uh, our friend Jack Ruddy mm. telling me about how um, the uh, Aztecs used to give themselves beer enemas or like wine enemas. They would like mm. they'd boof alcohol and get all fucked up. They learned it from the aliens. Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah. That's how they were able to come up with all that that art and and all that like super prophetic thing that the Mayans too. Yeah, like. Uh, I, I like to think that the reason the Mayans and the Egyptians both built pyramids is because they both boofed and it caused them to enter another plane of consciousness that gave them the idea to make pyramids. It's a legit theory. I, I like it. <laughs> like aliens watching from another galaxy were like, they're like, we got to go shove this stuff up their butts. <laughs> they're going to make some weird shit. Well, I mean, every time you, I watched fire in the sky for the first time the other night. Great movie. Yeah. Okay. I think it's one of those movies that's like great by the standards of nostalgia. Like I never saw it as a kid. No. So watching it as an adult, I was like. This movie's a piece of shit. Like it, it, it was like the stuff where they show him in the UFO mm-hmm. is really cool. Mm-hmm. But like the the acting throughout the whole rest of the movie, like the well, yeah. The, I mean, you can't 
look at it for the acting aspect of it. But like the story is pretty creepy. Yeah. Have you ever done, have you ever like looked up like on Wikipedia, anything about that case? Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it talks about like, it's like this movie came out and, and basically in the first paragraph of the Wikipedia entry, it's like, it was a like over the top fictionalized, uh, movie mm. just because the real story was pretty boring. Like it's like he disappeared and then he came back like five days later and he said he was abducted by aliens and all these things happened to him. So they had to like fill it in with all the drama and all the, mm-hmm. all the back and forth and, and Robert Patrick being like, we took your damn lie detector test. We're not doing it again. Like all that shit. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it was that. You, you've obviously seen this more recently. Though. <laughs> I saw it very recently. I watched it the other night. I just, I don't know. I, um, I had like a recent, oh, I was talking to uh, fucking Gianni uh-huh. um, and he was, we, we were talking about scary movies because uh, Axe Slasher has been posting um, their like movie marathon thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like every year he does that, uh, Justin does that calendar of like uh, a movie a day for the entire month of October, sometimes two movies a day. And Gianni started talking about the movies that he wants to watch. And he was talking about he's super scared of alien movies. Like he's super scared about. And I actually now that I'm thinking about it, now that it's coming out of my mouth, like I'd say episode 31 in October is the perfect time to talk about scary movies. That just ends up up working out. It's good. So like. So Gianni is talking about like how alien abduction movies really scare him. Like he was talking about fire in the sky and he was talking about the fourth kind. So I kind of got on like a little kick of, of watching those and, and I watched fire in the sky and there was definitely some scary fucked up shit in it. But aside from the actual scene where he has the flashback of being in the spaceship, Mm. it's, uh, it's just kind of a dramatic fart <laughs> it was kind of a fart yeah yeah i mean now that you're talking about it i kind of remember the rest of that movie being bullshit but the reason why that story was so popular and what was so weird about it was the f- four or five friends or however many fucking dudes there were uh their stories were so accurate and together mm-hmm. and like they interviewed them all and there were no like blips or um um, like, no deviations. It was yeah, all yeah, like the, their it, stories were so together that it was strange. That's yeah. why it was a thing. I, I did. I did like the one guy in the movie who's supposed to be the guy that he worked with that he didn't like very much. Like they had to kind of like ramp up the drama there a little bit and make him kind of a hothead. And like uh, his was the one um, polygraph that was like inconsistent because he's probably jacked out of his skull on dope or something mm. like that. But no, it is a really interesting story. Um, but uh, oh, by the way, I, I haven't mentioned this. Tony has the week off because he's in Chicago doing gigs with the Staggers and recording. So we have been graced with the presence of our bass player, my lifelong best friend of over 30 years, Hulk Logan O'Connor. Hello. on the show with us today. Hello. Um, and we're talking, uh, we had written down other things to talk about, but I think talking about what actually scares us in movies is pretty cool. Uh, good one. Uh, I remember 
one one of the movies that scared the absolute piss out of me when I was a kid was Alien and Aliens. Right. Because I remember, like, it was scary, and Alien was is one of my all-time favorite movies. And you don't see the monster until the very end, which I think is very key in horror movies. Mm-hmm. But I remember being young and putting together that human beings and these aliens were breathing the same air on the same planet. And I was like, they could come here. <laughs> and I remember being a little kid and being like, they could be here. And, and I'm just like, fuck, they're going to get me. Yeah. Um, so uh, it, now I love both those movies, too. I love that. Um, I love that Alien is kind of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And then Aliens is more of like an action movie. But they both like like Aliens, in my opinion, never like jumped the shark. You know what I mean? It never, it wasn't to the point where it's like, this is stupid. Like sometimes you see sequels and like a movie does really well and it gets a huge jump in budget and Mm. James Cameron comes in and, and directs it and Mm. it kind of turns into a piece of shit. But both of those movies, they stand alone and they both complement each other really well. Mm -hmm. That being said, I have never been scared of alien movies. Like, alien movies don't scare me, and monster movies don't scare me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm easily scared. Like, no. like, like <laughs> when we were kids and we watched Event Horizon, yeah. do you remember that shit? Yeah. I walked home from your house after watching that, fucking terrified. Like, that was, to me, more psychological. It was right, more right. supernatural. That were, scared me. Were we high? No, dude, no. we were young. This was before you and I had even smoked weed for the first oh, time. Shit. Okay. We were pretty young kids when we watched it, and it scared the shit out of Great me. Great movie. Yeah, awesome movie. Um, but, like, what's always scared me is, um, like, Creepshow scared the fuck out of me. Like, something about the living dead, but not, like, stupid zombies that just kind of lumber around. Like, the living dead... With with like revenge with purposes. revenge in mind, yeah. like waiting behind doors and shit like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, remember when we watched Creepshow two, mm. and it had that. You're already fucking starting to laugh because you know what I'm going to tell you. Okay, this is a really funny story from when me and Logan were kids. I'm sorry, but no, it's really it's sorry. fucking hilarious, especially looking back on it now. So Logan and I watched um, Creepshow two, and in Creepshow two, there's one of the stories is the hitchhiker, and the hitchhiker like comes back as like a zombie. And now watching it as an adult, I'm like, this is the cheesiest fucking stupidest thing I've ever right. seen. But it like it's so corny. Creepshow two, by the way, is like compared to Creepshow one is god awful. It's like campy and corny, and right. and and you ever seen Creepshow three? There's a creep show. There's three. a creep show three, and you know how you're saying creep show two is campy and corny compared to the first one. Multiply that by a third fucking movie. You know, it's way bad. Anyway, um, so when Logan and I were kids, we had watched Creep Show two, and we saw the the hitchhiker sketch. And at the if you've ever seen it, at the end, the hitchhiker comes out from the lady's car who's killed him, and jumps and like he's got this repeating through the line through the whole thing where he's like, "Thanks for the ride, lady," and like kills her and stuff. As the the see as the story goes on, he keeps getting more and more fucked up. So his thanks for the ride, lady keeps the. Yeah, it keeps getting gorier and more like and scarier. 
and scared the shit out of us when we were kids. And uh, one day I'm down, I'm down in Logan's basement and I'm going around the corner to his bathroom and he just jumps out at me from the corner and grabs me by the chest and goes, thanks for the ride, lady. And I screamed so loud and I got so scared and it was awful. And then I want to say it was either later that day or later that week or it wasn't long after that. I, I went upstairs, I went to the bathroom, I came walking out, and you were nowhere to be found, and it was super quiet, and and I didn't know where you were, and I was like, Logan? Logan? Where are you? You better not be planning to jump out and scare me. And I didn't hear anything, and so I was like, come on, man, it's not cool. And then I finally went, all right, fine, if you're going to jump out and scare me, I'm just going to go home. So I left. And then, like, ten minutes later, you called my house. And you were like, where did you go? And I was like, you were going to jump out and scare me, so I left. And you're like, oh, no, dude, I fell asleep on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite place to nap, man. I, you were the first person I had ever heard of falling asleep on the toilet. And keep in mind, this isn't Logan... 35 years old, like after a hard day at work, falling asleep on the John or like having too many drinks. This is like 11 year old Logan, 10 year old Logan, just going to take a dump and little 10 year old prepubescent Logan falling asleep on the toilet. It's taking a little nap. <laughs> yeah. So first, you were the first person I knew that slept on the toilet. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so aliens have never scared me. Monster movies have never scared me, but the like supernatural living, like wrathful, malevolent living dead, Mm. that type of stuff. Have you seen hereditary yet? Yes. That movie is going to go down in history as one of the best horror movies. It's pretty fucked up. Uh, that actress, I can't remember her name right now. I I can't. Uh, she's. Uh, she was on some show called uh, um, fuck I can't remember the show right now but uh, her whole thing on the show was she had multiple personalities so she uh, (laughs) um, she had multiple personalities and so she had like she played like five or six different characters and she did it really well is it Handmaid's Tale is that what it's called what is it Um, Fuck, I can't remember it. So but, she had, she had five different personalities. Yeah, and she just she did it so well that I think that she kind of like pigeoned herself her herself as an actress, but it, in a good way. Like mm-hmm. she made it very apparent that she could play different people. You know, she could do different shit. Now this is the, the the woman who played the mom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she she kind of did a little bit of that in Hereditary. Like she oh, was, totally. She was just like acting different and being super weird throughout the whole thing. So she goes from being a very like sympathetic mom character. Mm-hmm. Like she, the, the character she played was a super in, intense character. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I don't want to give any spoiler aways on the show, but she, like, she's ghost the whole time. <laughs> she, it turns out she knew where the Nazi gold was hidden. It's all a dream. Uh, 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 she's living in a simulation created by evil robots from another planet. She's the president. Um, <laughs> she's a French fry. Um, 
So, but if you haven't seen Hereditary and you're looking for a good watch this this Halloween season, mm-hmm. watch Hereditary. That was a good one. I had to look up what it was like the underlining meaning about it afterwards because it was really good, but I was super confused. Mm-hmm. So I watched like a five minute video about what it's like some shit I missed throughout the whole thing, but it's, it's, it's a good watch. I, I put it together, but I dozed off towards the end. Oh. So I like fell asleep and scary fucked up shit was going on. Mm. And then I woke up. And it was really dark and really fucked up. Mm. And re- and I, like, watched it to the end, and I'm like, what the fuck are they talking? I had to, like, rewind it. And and uh, and all of a sudden, all these pieces from, the, from throughout the whole movie are coming in. I think they probably cut a lot out in the final edit. Mm. I'll bet the director's cut for that ends up being, like, a whole hour longer. Because it seemed like there was a lot of plot points that just kind of got glossed over because they would have taken too long to explain. To explain, yeah. yeah. One, of, one of my favorite new horror movies came out like two or three years ago, I want to say, but It Follows. I love It Follows. It was just a nice new take on a monster movie, and it was psychological, and it covered all the bases as far as shit that fucking weirds me out. But... That shit's about herpes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that movie is totally about mm-hmm. being like, like I, I'd I, hate, I, I'd hate to see the writers' cocks, you know, <laughs> just all bumpy like, like God genitals, just like. Ah, I I think, in fact, I think even more than that, I think it's about getting herpes the first time you have sex. I like. I feel like it follows is about. Is is about getting talked into having sex before you're ready. When when you're a young woman, like some dude charms the pants off of you and makes you feel like you're the most special thing in the world, and then you have sex for the first time, and the first time you have sex, you get herpes. I think that's what it follows is about. That's gash cracks. <laughs> <laughs> leaves you gash. leaves you with gash cracks. Gash cracks. <laughs> Speaking of funny that's Logan, up. that's not that's not cool. Uh, yeah. No, I I love that movie too. It actually scared me in the theaters. Seeing the new It scared me in the theaters until it scared me up until like the end. Yeah, and then it kind of turned into like like there were parts of that where I almost felt like they modernized it too much. Mm. Like they're like, look at what smart asses these kids are. And, and Oh my God, that's a 12 year old kid. And he's saying fucking cock and blah, 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 blah. It's like, like the book is so Sarah's, uh, listening to the audio book of it, okay. which it, you could never make a movie about the, the, the actual book. There is like so much sci-fi, culty weirdness in that book and mm. so much just in like over the top overt racism and and sexual themes and all this like there's a it the book takes a lot of weird turns and corners and stuff like that but to me it was like it's like when they tried to make the new ghostbusters and they pretty much just took the script for bridesmaids and put ghostbusters costumes on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the yeah. first two ghostbusters movies, those were like 
legit stories. Like those stood on there. They weren't just comedies. They were fucking action movies. You know, Mm -hmm. they were really cool stories about these characters. And I just felt like, I felt like they just took a bunch of the jokes from bridesmaids and like that. I, I can't remember. I can't remember the actress's name for the life of me, but she's fucking hilarious. And she, she's like the main character in, in bridesmaids and she's really funny, but it's like when you watch a Judd Apatow movie mm. and the cadence of their jokes, like the way they do the jokes is the same in almost every Judd Apatow movie. Right. Yeah. It was like that, but it was the same type of, Actually, it was kind of that Judd Apatow approach to comedy mm-hmm. in a Ghostbusters costume. I hear you. I agree. Yeah. I, and, and it had nothing to do with women playing the characters. It just had to do with the fact that it wasn't a good movie. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a good script. It wasn't a good story to me. And I, I don't know. That's... Um, what was the movie that we were talking about before? I, I just kind of went off on a tangent. It Follows? Well, we were talking about something else between It Follows and that. Like, I was trying to... Uh, God damn it. See, I got all lost. Um, oh, fuck. I lost my place. See, this happens on the show sometimes, too. I can't too. help you. I, go, <laughs> I can't help you. This, now, we're very fortunate in the sense that... We didn't smoke weed before doing it this time. Yeah. Do you guys... Is that ritualistic? <laughs> yeah, and... I every time I'm coming to do the podcast, I tell myself I shouldn't smoke weed because I'm going to get all high and self-conscious and I'm going to lose my train of thought. And then I show up and I get high with Tony and then I get self-conscious and I lose my train of thought and I get all in my head and every every pause, you know, every second of dead air feels like 20 fucking years. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Might not be the weed. I mean, you could just be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a given. Yeah. Um, speaking of Logan being hilarious, you have been uh, dipping your toe into the open mic comedy scene a little bit. Yeah. Um, so okay. So how, tell me how like. I know because I've I've talked to you as you've like gone along this journey, but for someone who doesn't know, how have you ended up where you are now? Um, well, lots of people know that I work at Streets of London on Colfax in Denver, Colorado. And uh, on Wednesday nights, we have an open mic comedy set. We've been doing it for uh, about a year and a half now. And... Uh, I mean, I Wednesday nights have just been my night forever. So I've like seen this thing happening for a year and a half, mm-hmm. and uh, I've just like gotten to know some of the comedians and just seen these motherfuckers tell jokes for a week and or a year and a half now. And a handful of them are really good, really good people, and they're really funny. And a lot of them just suck. Real, real bad. Name names. <laughs> Name names. These are the ones who suck. Um, but I mean, I I always thought it was kind of funny, but I just like started writing some shit down behind the scenes, you know. And then eventually, I was like, I could do this shit. So mm-hmm. I just started going up like at the end of the night if there was time, or I'd just like weasel my way in there. And um, yeah, so I've been doing it for maybe like six months. Nothing will make you think that you can do comedy like working the bar at an open mic comedy bar. <laughs> yeah. 
dude, when I, like, so, I mean, when I, when I worked at three Kings, I worked every Friday during the, the, uh, happy hour open mic mm. and I would, and there, I mean, Denver, you know, if, for those listening who don't know, Denver is kind of a hot spot for underground comedy. Right. Like the Grawlicks, um, Ben Roy, Adam Caton Hall, and Andrew Orvidal, who went on to be on Those Who Can't. Like, they are old school, well, relatively old school. They are kind of like heroes of the Denver comedy scene. Mm-hmm. And you have like Sam Talent and Nathan Lund and Matt Kobos is starting to do some really cool shit. And, and Anthony Crawford and Timmy Lasley and, and, uh, Oh, the hippie man's from here. Uh, yeah. and, and who, who's the guy who got in trouble for, uh, sexual assault, uh, he went to East High School. Oh, um, T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller. Yeah, he's I I never really heard how that that resolved. I, I think it just went away. I think, I think people were just like, oh, yeah. I think that was kind of like. I, I read an article. He got burned at the Lions Lair open mic comedy. He showed up and he was trying to do a, a set, and they were just like, no, dude. Like, because he's he. I know he's still touring. I know he still has stuff going on. But I think the. The ambiguity and uncertainty of the the details kind of kept him from really catching as much of the shit splatter as some have, but it has definitely damaged his career substantially. And I haven't really heard much about it beyond that. That's one of those things I think... I think maybe people thought they had bigger fish to fry or something or it did, or or maybe he just kind of submitted and went, "Oh, I don't know what to do." Like yeah. I don't I don't know what ended up happening with Me him. Neither. But yeah, TJ Miller was from here. Uh he went to East High School. Um so, you know, there's a lot of a lot of comedy comes out of Denver. Um especially like now that comedy has sort of become the new punk rock. Right, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it's like oh, they are a scene, dude. They they are clicky, and they have their crew and their oh, like, and they gossip about each other. Oh, Denver drama scene is what what it's called. Oh man, it's not a comedy scene, man. It's a drama. Scene. I've se- I've seen them get into it hard, and it reminds me a lot of when we were first playing in punk rock bands at like all ages clubs like cafe Euphrates and, mm-hmm. and like all the underground clubs that we used to play and stuff like that. Like there were, there were beefs, you know, when you're, when you're an old guy in a band, there's not really much beef. No, it's like, hey, I'm just happy to get out of the house and go play with my rock band, man. I ain't, I ain't trying to start no trouble with anybody. Like I don't even know <laughs> those guys, but when you're a kid, it's like, it's super clicky. There's, mm-hmm. there's tons of beefs. There's tons of shit talk. We used to have people who would like, like write us on before even MySpace, people who would write on our website because this is back when you used to be able to. Um, There's a lot more anonymous shit posting. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had a website, like we we had some website on Tripod or something like that. That's that's how fucking old we are. Our first website was on Tripod.com. I want to say it was like. Our website was like crass187.tripod.com. That sounds strangely and fucked up. Or or like you uh, on AOL, you could have just a screen name and no one could know who you are. Like there was a lot, there was a lot more anonymity in, in, um, 
in internet social lives. So we would get a lot more people like, uh, when that, um, when that platform came out for a minute, Saraha or whatever it was, when you could like post anonymous stuff about people, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's just the old internet. Yeah. <laughs> dude, people used to <laughs> post like been doing that forever. Dude, people used to post like death threats on our website. They'd mm-hmm. be like, if you guys weren't all Nazis and in a gang, I'd kick the shit out of you. And blah, 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 blah. Like, it, you know, people people thought we were Nazis. People thought we were in a gang. People thought we were assholes and drunken monsters and all this stuff. And and, and we were. And yeah. oh, we were total monsters. Well, we weren't Nazis. We weren't Nazis. We weren't that far, but we were but we drunken were monsters. monsters. Yeah. yeah, we were we were cretins for sure. And um, and seeing now people who are getting into it on Facebook or getting into it on Twitter under their real names and like with pictures of their kids and where and, they work and where they work and like this is me in front of my house with my address and this is the car I drive and this is a list of my fears and you know I'm just like <laughs> you know these are a list of allergies that I have like like nowadays people are ballsy in the sense that they put their entire life on a platform for everyone they've ever met casually to find. Like I can go send a friend request to someone I've worked with for a day just because like our phones have been close together and Mm -hmm. Facebook's algorithm goes, Hey, you two might know each other. You should be friends. Oh, I hate that guy. Well, I don't know that. I'm a just stupid computer. (laughs) So you go become friends with that guy. And then all of a sudden, like, just opens up a world of like, I know your movements. I like it has made stalking so fucking easy, but <laughs> yeah, you find it pretty easy. <laughs> I find it's easy to get stalked yeah. personally, just Ooh. blowing up my phone, showing up at my house. It's like, ugh. get a clue. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, but yeah, so like the Denver comedy scene has a lot of that going on. Oh yeah. And, yeah, I mean, and to it, almost a more extreme degree than it used to be when we were younger. Right. I, I've, I've gotten to know the, at least the streets of London scene. I, I haven't been very many other places, but, uh, it's super clicky and it's just like a punk rock scene or a rock and roll scene or whatever. There's, there's, you know, people are, that are in it for the right reasons. And then it's just like, Right. Why are you doing this? There, and then there's people that are in it just to like start shit and and bully people oh, and start yeah. fights oh, and yeah. uh, it, it, so like so when I was working at Kings, um, I got to see a lot of these comics and a lot of them were really good. Once in a while, you'd get a nut, you know, fucking raisin cake off the street who would go up and and do something. <laughs> raisin cake, dude. Nathan Lund hosted the fucking uh, the open mic at Three Kings when I worked there. He's, he's the shit, man. Dude. I saw him open for David Tell, and he's come through Streets of London a couple times. He's, he's hilarious. He's a great, great dude. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, and um, he, uh, I remember. Uh, Nathan and I have done a lot of stuff together. Like he, he emceed the Red Rocks show that I did, and and we've worked together on a few different things. And so we've become pretty good friends, you know, or at least I would say, I would say tender acquaintances. We don't see each other all the time, but when we do, we're like, Hey man, it's good to see you right on. How are you? I'm, uh, love you. Bye. Um, but, uh, it was right around like, 
a 420 rally or something like this. And this dude who you could tell didn't spend a lot of time on Broadway. It was kind of a weekend warrior, kind of like a thuggish black dude. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing like the lay made of weed leaves. Then he's wearing the jersey <laughs> for whatever team he likes. And he's got like a spinny belt buckle. And he's nice. got like, and he's got sunglasses inside at night. And he's he got single. Oh, dude. I, so. I guarantee this guy was sing- <laughs> This guy is single. Um, but he shows up and he gets on stage. And he's doing all these jokes like, yeah, man, I'm like getting ready to run for president. I'm going to run under the Green Party. You know what I'm saying? And like people are kind of looking at weird. But then after a while, people are starting to laugh just because he's such a character and he's so fucking super drunk. And then he does this. And I say bit in air quotes, because really this guy was the bit. Because he was just, he was a character off the street. Yeah. He was just like a dude who's like, I could be funny. I'm going to go get on stage. Just say some shit, you know? And he gets up and he does this bit where he's talking about when you're spooning with a girl and uh, she's like crowding you too much and she's like holding on to you and like choking you in your sleep. And he's like, that shit ever happens. Just fart on the bitch. Like, like he's just talking about ripping farts on girls and stuff like that. Okay. So he just says, uh, hold on. He, I got to write this down. He closed his set with, um, <laughs> fart on the bitch. Peace y'all. And fucking Nathan Lund for the next like three fucking open mics was closing his set with, all right, fart on the bitch. Peace y'all. <laughs> it was fart so on the bitch. Peace I'm y'all. Out. It was so it's fucking good. good. We, uh, my most memorable walk in, what did you call him? Pickle Raisin shirts? cake. Raisin cake. Uh, this guy came in. And he got up there and he just started talking about um, how he went and saw Steve-O live. Like, Steve-O's, like, I don't even, wouldn't even call Steve-O's shit stand-up. It's more just like a spoken word. But mm-hmm. He's like, and then Steve-O said this. That was pretty cool. And everybody, <laughs> like, I just looked around and I, I was super excited because I was like, oh my God, this is happening. But I looked around the room and there was just like jaws dropped, just like, really, dude? And like... He did this for like three minutes. And then I remember somebody just went, yeah, other people are funny too. <laughs> and he, he got off. But there's, there's a pizza shop inside the bar I work. And he went. I remember seeing him later on in the night. And he went and grabbed a Parmesan shaker and was dumping it into his hand and licking cheese off of his hand. Like, I saw this happen like three or four times. And I was just blown away that... This person that told other people's, like, didn't even rip off their jokes, like, said he saw them. Like an unsupervised nine-year-old at a pizza parlor. Yeah, man. yeah. And I just went up to him, and there were there were people around, and it's quiet, you know, because it's open mic. And I was like, excuse me, can you not do that? It's disgusting. <laughs> and he was just like, cheese in his hand, just went and put it back. Just, like, didn't even like, think about it. He's oh. like, oh. I'm the cheese liquor guy. Just a cheese hand man. Dude. I'll never forget that. Just a grown man going around a public place just licking cheese off of his hand. Dude, that is is like what, like that is something that you do when you're a little kid. Like, and your parents aren't looking. You just like fill your hand with Parmesan cheese and eat it. (laughs) And then your dad goes, don't do that. That's disgusting. (laughs) 
Or like you work at the pizza place and you're like, we got to throw that cheese shaker out. Yeah. There was a grown man licking cheese off of his hand. We had, um, we had a meeting. Uh, this is kind of a little tangent, but we had a meeting at work one time recently where they're like, okay, make sure that you pull the silverware settings off if there's, uh, if people aren't using them. Because I guess there was an incident where, um, there were some people sitting at a table and, you know, there's silverware setups all rolled up and some little kid took one of the ones that they weren't using because they, they didn't have a full table. You know what I mean? And was just putting the silverware in their mouth and then set it back down. And then the host came and reset the table and just left the old silverware there. And another guest was like, Hey, by the way, you just sat some people and left some silverware that a kid had in their mouth. That's it. (laughs) So we had to like get corrected. It's like, just have silverware for the people that are at the table. Whatever's on the table at the end of the meal comes off and goes in the kitchen. You guys, seriously. Like when I think of like those Parmesan cheese shakers and, and crushed red pepper shakers. And I think of all the gross little kids that are just like picking those things up and just shaking them on their face or like, or licking them. You know what I mean? Just like, like putting it in their hand and then licking it and then grabbing the cheese shaker again. It's like, no, I'll bring my own cheese from home. Thank you. Don't eat at streets of London. (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've seen people with kids in public that like, feel like the the salt and pepper shakers and the like uh the sugar packets and shit they're just like they just give it to their kids they're like here here's something to play with here's your toys and then they just like fuck it up or shove them all in their mouths and it's just like your kid's a monster why do you want to bring a child to a restaurant anyway oh this is another thing i wanted to talk to you talk to you about i wanted to have you on here for a while to talk to you about Oh boy. Okay, you know the um, uh, stupid questions in the in the service industry group on oh, Facebook. That's the worst. Yeah. Oh, dude, I quit it. I quit it because of this experience. Okay. Like, I was on it like right when it first started, and at first, like any group on Facebook, it was really funny and it was fun, and it was like, hey, this is a place for you know service workers to commiserate and share stories, and, and this was funny and da 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 da. And then what ends up happening is it gets too big mm. and then advertisers start coming in and then people that aren't even in the service industry come in and people mm. start posting political opinions and then it just becomes a big shit post sesh, right? Mm. I made, um, you know, the meme where it's Batman slapping Robin yeah, and people yeah. fill it in. Mm. I, okay. I had a day when at both jobs, I had people that were coming in and being like, hey, do you allow dogs on your patio? And hey, is there a place that can tie up my dog? And hey, do you have a dish for my dog? And do you my dog? I bring my dog to the restaurant, da 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 And so I made one that says, uh, it's Robin is saying, do you allow dogs on your patio? And Batman is slapping him and saying, restaurants are for people. <laughs> and I, I posted that mm-hmm. and I got my asshole ripped man just like boo dogs are so much better than people and damn cakey brand I don't mind and me I think they're great and you suck and so eventually I was like okay fine fuck it whatever but like and, and it became much I was just looking for haha 
Mm-hmm. I wasn't looking to have a fucking big like industry Animal debate around industry debate. Yeah. But my feeling is that restaurants are for people who are going to enjoy the experience. A dog, I don't feel, enjoys being on a patio. I think it gives them anxiety being surrounded by that many people. I think being surrounded by all those smells of food and not being able to have it gives them anxiety. I think it's dangerous because they can trip people. It's a health code violation. It's like all these things that it's just like, why don't you go be people for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Leave your fucking dog at home right. and let your dog be a dog. Now, I'm one of those weirdos who sometimes, me and Sarah will take our cat places. Mm-hmm. You know, we've brought like our cat to a bar. Monsters. But I don't, I don't think that we would bring our cats to a restaurant because yeah. there's nothing for them there. You know, they're going to be getting in our food. They're going to be bothering people. They're going to be miserable. It's the same thing with like bringing babies to restaurants it's like i get it your baby's cute you you know you want you want to have them with you and and you know they're a newborn so you can't just leave them at home unattended but it's like and then you know uh, you get toddlers that'll start yelling or running around and freaking out and crying, and people are sitting there trying to shush them, or they're giving them an giving them an iPad to keep them busy, or That's creepy shit, or, or or shit like that. It's like, why don't you either not go out and cook at home, or leave the kid with a babysitter because there's nothing there for them. Like a a restaurant is an inappropriate context for a one, two, three year old child who doesn't want to be there in the first place, has is still learning how to regulate their emotions. You know, they go, I'm scared or I poop my pants or I'm thirsty or I'm hungry, and the only way I know how to communicate with the world is by screaming. Like it's embarrassing to them. Like they freak out in a restaurant, they know people are sitting there shaking their heads and judging like they are aware that it's an uncomfortable situation they can pick up on that why even put them through that or uh your 90 year old granny your 90 year old granny who can barely keep her head up and doesn't like any food just like ah, this is too spicy or this is too hard or this is too soft or this is too hot or this is too cold. I like the food better than we get at the old folks home or I like it better when we go to the country kitchen down the street. Like why do people insist on bringing their ill and infirmed fucking ancient? And I'm not talking about like I'm not talking about like, oh, my 75-year-old mother is in town for a visit. Mom, I'm going to take you to a nice place for brunch or I'm going to take you to a nice restaurant for dinner. I'm talking about people who bring in their like dying relatives. Like the people who are like, they have no idea where they are. And it's like, you're about to pay for an entire meal that that person is not going to be able to eat. Like it, it, they they can eat like green mush. That's all they can eat. <laughs> Aaron L, baby hater, old 
Elderly no, no, hater, no. 2020. I just think, like, okay. Hates uh, babies, hates old people. I wouldn't bring. Wants to sit by himself alone no, 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 in no, no, a no. restaurant. No, no, no. I, with his fucking cat. <laughs> with my bald cat. And my. Why can't they just make a restaurant for me and my, my cat? cat? That's quiet. <laughs> and no fucking dogs. No dogs. No old people. No babies. In fact, burn them all. No, um. No, I. Hates kids. I just I, I don't I don't hate kids. I love hate kids. Dogs. In fact, I, every time I see a little kid at the restaurant, I look at him and I smile and I'm like, ah, oh, you're backtracking. You're adorable. But no, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not backpedaling. I think kids are adorable. I love them. I think dogs are great. I love them. I love sweet old people. I think they're great. But I also think that you're setting the animal or the baby or the old person up to have an unpleasant experience if they you put them in a context that they're not going to enjoy because of your shit. You know what I mean? It's like people who uh, take their their pets on vacation and then leave them like in a cabin all day or something like that. You know, and, and they're miserable and they're howling and they don't recognize that the place they're in. It's like, dude, it's just it's just not very nice. Your dog would rather be at home in its yard, which it recognizes, and enjoying itself. And I guess what I what I'm asking is how. Hates pets. Last <laughs> one. How do you feel about it? That's what um, I was getting at. It, it was a long I mean, explanation. My experience in with working in a bar where people have their their dogs, like we're a live music venue, so I've had people bring their dogs in there, and it's like. I've told them before, I'm like, I mean, I love dogs. I have two. I have two of my own. Uh, I've got lots of dog friends. <laughs> I've got a black dog. <laughs> some, some of my best friends are black dogs. Good. Uh, but I've told them, I'm like, hey, it is too loud in this place for your dog. Your dog's ears hurt right now. Your dog is scared and it doesn't want to be in here. Right. And they're like, oh, he's fine. I'm like, no, he's not. You either need to take him on the patio or you need to leave. And right. they're like, no, he's cool. I'm like, for the last time, no, he's not. Right. I don't want your dog in here. Um, another time, this girl had a small dog, and we have a patio barrier. And it's like an iron link fence, you know. And there's a space underneath. And this girl's dog was going underneath, running towards Colfax. And she was like, I was like, whose dog is this? Whose dog is this? And she's like, oh, it's mine. I was like, you need to keep him on a leash and with you. She's like, oh, no, he's fine. I was like, no, he's not. There's traffic. There's crazy fucking homeless people that might just grab him and eat him. (laughs) Just pick him up and tell Logan hates the homeless. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I do. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed about it. Fucking hate them. (laughs) Hey, they burned enough bridges that they don't get to sleep on anybody's couch. There's something (laughs) fucked up about it. (laughs) That guy's got a brother, and he doesn't want him on his couch. (laughs) Uh, But... I told her like three times I was I was finally pissed at the end. I was like, you either need to leave or hold your dog with you or I will take him. And she was just like, she acted like I was the dick. I'm like, you're the one almost letting your dog run into traffic. So I feel like people that bring their dogs to bars or onto patios aren't really taking care of them. Mm-hmm. They're being bad 
uh, owners. I okay. So when when I was at Kings, we had a lot of dogs that would hang out at the bar, mm-hmm. and that I was cool with. Because, you know, it's middle of the day, there's, it's a big, wide-open bar, there's not a ton of stuff for them to get into, you know, they would come behind the bar, and I would be like, oh, well, are you working for me today? All right, I'm going on break. But in all seriousness, I can't have you behind the bar, because that's against health code. And I'd, like, shoo them out from behind the bar, but that's really it. Mm. At King's, we had, we had tons of people who would bring, bring their dogs in to hang out. It was never a problem. But then I think of, like... It's a fine line because I think of like when we used to go to punk rock shows and there'd be like some fucking dirty train hopping asshole who would have his dog with him and would be like letting his dog in the pit. And he's like, oh, no, he just wants to party. He just I don't think your dog is having fun. I think your dog is scared by the noise and is trying to protect you and itself from the crazy people that are thrashing around. Like it's it's like herding instincts are coming into play Mm -hmm. and it's it's like really freaked out. I don't think that there are animals that are like like I don't think I don't know because I can't really like there's we can do all the research in the world as to what a dog's how a dog's brain works, Mm -hmm. but we're never gonna know what the actual experience of a dog is. But I think that anytime you've got a dog that's in like an elevated, heightened state of anxiety, mm-hmm. like they're going to display that panic and anxiety in their behavior. And to me, like barking and chasing people and nipping at them or like sitting there whining and being freaked out. Like you get with dogs that are like you get people who go out to brunch and they've got their dog tied up and their dog is sitting there crying and barking at them and freaked out and scared because Mm. their owner is like on the other side of the fence having brunch Mm. and they're going, no, Mitzi, don't bark. No. Hey, we're right here. We're right here. That animal isn't enjoying itself. Right. And it's pulling on its leash and making it taut and like people trip over it. You know, if, if you're if I'm in the middle of the, the the brunch or lunch rush and I'm rushing around with plates full of piping hot food and glass mm-hmm. around people and some dog is freaking out and trips me and I dump that stuff and I dump like a hot piping piping hot bowl of chili on somebody's baby, which shouldn't be there in the first place either. <laughs> You know, I'm going to lose my job or the right. restaurant's going to get sued or I'm going to get sued right. or, or best case scenario, someone's going to get hurt and really upset and have a bummer of a time. There, there was a guy that had a, a pit bull in our bar one time, which I have no problem with. I think pit bulls are awesome and they're same. They're, you know, uh, viewed as this vicious animal that is not the case unless you make it that. Right. But anyway, um, he had this pit bull in the bar and it was super dark and there was like a burlesque show going on. So it was, uh, uh, there was loud noises going on and I was just like, Hey man, I can't have you with your dog in here. And he was like, well, it's my service animal, which people use that excuse all the time. And it's fucking bullshit. I understand if it's your service dog, that's cool. But a lot of people just say that. You know? What service is it providing? <laughs> Because right now all it's doing is serving to inconvenience the people around you. You're right. But I was like, hey, man, it's dark in here. There's a lot of people in here. Somebody steps on your dog's tail or its foot, 
and it gets scared and attacks somebody, which could could very well happen. I was like, I can't have you with your dog in here. You need to go. And he he got pretty upset with me. Yeah. yeah. No, I've 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 had I've had that happen at bunches of places, and where where I'm like, dude, we serve we serve food. And it's like, I understand, dude. I like, when I was a little kid, it's like, I want to bring my, my doggy everywhere. I want you to sleep in my bed, pal. And I want you to come on the family vacation. But like, now that I'm a, an adult, I'm starting to realize why my dad was like, no, we're not taking the dog with us. to He's the store. goddamn dog. Yeah, we're not taking the goddamn dog with us to <laughs> such and such. You know, because yeah. he knew, he's like, it's a logistical nightmare because you have to cater to the needs of a, a being that does not have the same needs as as the rest of the humans in the group. And he had to put up with you and your siblings. So it's like, <laughs> no, we're not throwing a dog in the mix, dude. <laughs> uh, well, let's um, let's get into some news, shall we? Let's uh, let's drop some news. Give us a boop. You want a boop? Yeah, we're gonna give a, a we're gonna boof? give a boop. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna boof it so that Skibs knows where to put in the uh, this the news music. Thing. News time. Uh, let's see. What's going on? What's going on? Since uh, the last episode that we put out, we've got some new episodes of season two of Motherfucking Monday. It is humming right along. We are up to, I think, as of the recording of this podcast, we're up to episode four. We just released uh, our cover of Long Live Rock and Roll by Rainbow. Um, which is getting some good traction on it, man. In this season, we did a lot more just kind of stuff from uh, from our catalog and, and a few covers, but mostly just some deeper cuts from our catalog. Have you watched any of the videos since we've uh, been putting them out? Uh, a few of them. I haven't been. I'm not up to date. It, what, so what, what do you think so far? How do you feel about the second season? It's, it's great. I, I, I don't know. I... Like I said, I haven't watched a whole lot of them, but you can definitely tell that we're more comfortable in front of the cameras. Right. I think in, first, in the first season, it was like, "What do I do with my hands?" Like, I don't know. Like, do I look right. at this camera? Like, second season was a lot more relaxed and a lot more. I feel like it was a lot more fun. Yeah, I, I definitely felt better recording the second season than and more comfortable and. I think that brings out like everybody's like more on point and we're funnier and uh, you know. I remember when we did the first season. It was the middle of winter and it was a super shitty snowy day. And you straight up said you were like, if this was my job, like I would have called in today. Yeah, you're like, hey, like if if this was my job, if this was like something that they paid me to do, I would have called in. So like so basically the subtext was like so you better be counting your lucky stars that I showed <laughs> up for this fucking bullshit. Uh, I remember I I just didn't feel great and I was like not 
very comfortable being in a, a recording studio for hours on end. But it was snowy and it was it, shitty. It was snowy and it was shitty. And it took and forever. It felt to snowy and shitty. So yeah. What so, else is going on? So the the new motherfucking Mondays are up. Uh, we're in our first month of doing month to month pledges on Patreon. We lost a few people, understandably so. Um, those of you who felt uh, like dropping off, we totally get it. Thank you very much for your support up to this point. Those of you who decided to stay on or alter your pledge amounts to 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 better work with a month to month budget, we really appreciate you guys backing us up. Um, already, uh, your contributions have helped us put a dent in our studio bill. Um, they've helped us hire a few people, including a um, uh, an editor who's doing some video stuff for us. Um, I've paid uh, one of our costumers to do some um, modifications on the new jumpsuit, the Ranger Rock jumpsuit. I'm shipping it back to her. So I'm getting, um, I'm getting a studded uh, I'm getting an MF done on the back of it, all in studs. Oh, nice! So I'm after the Mondo Generator, sh- or not Mondo Generator, the Most Moss. Generator show. Um, I have I have to pack it up and ship it back to San Francisco, mm. and she's going to do that. So it went to pay for that. It's going to pay for some Facebook ads. We're getting some new equipment. Um, we're it, basically. You guys have basically given us the the resources that we need to 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 do what we love to do, and uh, we really appreciate it. So thanks for hanging in there. Thank if, you. Uh, we we've dropped a bunch of um, cool content on there. I've been writing a lot of. I've started this segment called Tour Tales, mm-hmm. where uh, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've been taking. Um, uh, pictures from time hop and putting them on our, uh, Instagram stories. I have seen that. Yeah. And then, uh, I'll pick one of those photos and I'll go on Patreon and I'll write a minimum of 200 words about kind of the backstory behind that picture. Uh, okay. Like, uh, I started writing one today that was all about our experiences in Hollywood with like playing the Viper room and whiskey, a go, go. And, and kind of like, uh, I'm actually going to post it tomorrow. Um, it, it's all about our experience with like learning that Hollywood is kind of a t- tourist trap for musicians and actors and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, advanced looks at videos um, extra stuff that no one else gets to see uh, all on our Patreon page if you want to learn more about that go to patreon.com slash mfruckus I had a meeting today with Jake Fairley, ah. who is the illustrator of uh, the Cokeback King of Denver, the Cokeback King of Denver. Why? Why is that? Because every time he's in the bar, he asks for a thousand Cokebacks. He just can't handle his whiskey, or yeah, what? He, he drinks Jim Beam every time and loves Cokebacks. So. Why don't you just skip the Cokeback and order better whiskey? Anyway, I had a meeting with Jake Fairley today. I, lo- I like Jake. And yeah, we're just I like, like him a lot. Fuck Jake and his coat. Bags. Fuck Jake. Draw our comic. Um, <laughs> no, I met up. I met up with Jake today, and uh, how's he doing? Oh, he's good, man. And I didn't. I just put it together today, but I've like read his comics before. Yeah. And his stuff is really fucking cool. He's really good. Yeah. So we talked today um, about the possibility of him picking up the torch for the Frontlines of Good Time series. Nothing set in stone yet. Mm-hmm. But we 
looked over some of his work and he's really excited about the idea and the project and we may be picking that back up again so stay tuned for more news on that um we got a couple shows in the works nothing we can really talk about just yet um but rest assured we've got we've got some cool stuff coming down the pike uh and then we also started a new facebook group today um we like to tell jokes Mm. and we like to uh post funny memes and we like to tell stories without necessarily inviting the commentary of the peanut gallery so we started a closed group on facebook that is really just for uh the tight homies and fans and family and and uh the people around the world that uh we're closest with so um uh, we, we we call I wouldn't even call it a fan club. It's it's a fam club. Oh. F A M club. Oh. Uh, motherfuckers worldwide. Kids. That's uh, M F C K R S worldwide. Um, check out that group. So there's you know uh, did you know you can set up like vetting questions for closed groups. Like if you want, if you want to make like, okay, like I'm a member of a couple ween groups. I'm a member of like six closed ween fan groups. God, that sounds obnoxious, but it, oh, it's super obnoxious, but super fun too. Like Ooh. you get like a lot of cool live streams on them and like, like videos and like, um, like really rare art and stuff like that. That's cool. So I'm on a lot of these forums and in order to get into them, you, some of them you have to be invited to, mm-hmm. but some of them, if you want to get in, you have to answer vetting questions. That'll be like, what was the original name of this song? Or who is it? Uh, like, because they want to make sure that you're a real fan. They want to make sure you're hip. Right. Okay. So I made vetting questions for our page, oh. but they're all like, like the first one is like, what were the rules in the Gremlins movie? <laughs> well, they're like, what was the original name of the band? Uh. Fourth year freshman. Then the second one is who the fuck is Tony Lee? What's the answer to that? It, they just if they come up with something cool I'll be like yes that is a good answer but then the third one the third one is what's the best part about jokes for those of you listening to the podcast and you're wanting to know the answers to the vetting questions on the motherfuckers worldwide group the answer to that question uh, the answer to the question what is the best part about jokes the answer is how fucking funny they are that's how uh, funny they are that's the jokes are fun they're just for fun. So uh, we launched that last night. So check it out. Uh, join us on that. If you're listening to this podcast, it probably means that you're uh, you're one of the motherfuckers worldwide already. And that you are very sad. <laughs> and you need to... You need to rethink, rethink your priorities. What's going on in your life. And how, and how you spend your time. There's way better podcasts to listen to. Mm-hmm. Listen to the last podcast on the left. Or, or Suicide Buddies. Or How Did This Get Made. Or... Or man, there's like a hundred better podcasts than this one. I went and saw the "How Did This Get Made" one. How uh, was it? It was great. Oh. I went and saw them live here like a month ago. They did uh, "Look Who's Talking To," which is a <laughs> oh, terrifying movie. If you've ever, if you rewatch it as an adult, but great podcast. Those guys are all cool. Um, and I think that's going to be it for the news. So. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to do a little commentary and it's uh, Logan's pick this week and we're going to do a commentary on Hell Yeah Backdoor here on the motherfucking podcast. I had to poop the whole time. 
Okay, so this week for commentary is Logan's pick, and Logan, you picked... Hell Yeah Backdoor. Okay, cool. I, I'm pick, a- I picked this song because there's... I mean, it's a funny song, first of all, but it also has a lot of history to it. Like, we... We... Uh, we snuck... <laughs> Uh, well, when well, we were tell, 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 tell the story about where the, the like phrase, hell yeah, backdoor comes from. Okay, okay. Um, I used to work with a bunch of the Silly Pink Bunny guys, the skateboard gang, Silly Pink Bunnies. And uh, one of them, my good buddy Travis, was in San Francisco. And there's just a bunch of, uh, you know, drunk, rugged skateboarder dudes on a bus. And they were just partying, hanging out. And uh, <laughs> I can't remember exactly how it went down, but they were on the bus, and uh, some some guy was trying to get out of the back door of the bus, and he yelled to the front of the bus. He was like, "Back door!" And some like homeless guy or somebody else on the bus was like, "Hell yeah, back door!" Just like <laughs> super loud, and so like a group of like twenty five skateboarders was just like. Aah! It was like the funniest thing they ever. It's heard. a butt sex joke. It's a butt sex joke. Hell yeah, back door. So they brought it back to the pizza shop I worked at, and I heard I heard my buddy Travis using the phrase "hell yeah, back door" quite a bit, and I was like, "That is great." So it traveled from San Francisco to Benny Blanco's kitchen to me, and it got turned into a song. So this is this is "hell yeah, back door" off the Dirty Half Dozen album. Whoops. Not that boop. So, this was recorded live by Bart McCrory. Woo! Uh, now of Crash Pad Studios, then of Motoland Studios, um, at Three Kings Tavern. Uh, so this was recorded live at Three yeah, Kings? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, the Dirty Half Dozen was recorded at Three Kings, Gothic Theater, Herman's, and the Belly Up in Aspen. And uh, then we just basically took the best takes of each show, and and this the best take of Hell Yeah Backdoor, in our opinion, was from was from the Three Kings show, which is pretty fitting because this song it tells a story about sneaking an underage girl into the club to watch her band. Right, and before Three Kings was Three Kings, it was called the Cherry Pit, and we did that. At the Cherry Pit. We snuck underage girls into the Cherry Pit to watch our band. That's how long ago this was? Because yeah. it was when Kalista was under 21. Oh. Kalista was... Now she's old. <laughs> she's an old hag now. No, um, Aaron thinks she should only eat green mush. <laughs> and shouldn't be allowed to go to restaurants. No, Kalista's young and beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and that was also the night that I sharded my pants. Yes. And okay, so where the offices at Three Kings used to be the green room. Mm-hmm. The green room used to be in the basement, and they'd give you beer and stuff. And we snuck underage girls into the club and down into the green room in the basement. And uh, <laughs> so we're getting ready to go on stage. And like moments before we went on stage, I 
I tried the shit fart challenge and lost mm. and sharded my underwear. And so I ran downstairs and I threw my underwear behind a couch in the green room at, uh, at the cherry pit. And I was like, I'm going to come back and uh, I'm going to get these later after the show and throw them away. But because we broke the rules and they decided to 86 us from the club, we uh, I went to go back downstairs to get my underwear and throw it away, and the door to the basement was locked. And so they were just stuck with my shitty underwear. That's a true story. Do you think the underwear burnt and the fire that happened there? I like to think of it as an accelerant. Of some sort. It's like in Backdraft when they find out that the one guy was... I think it was... I don't want to incriminate anyone, but I think it was... A band that we know. A band that we know. Was flicking cigarettes into... Cigarettes. And in my brain, they flick a cigarette and it hits your shitty underwear and it just... It just goes up in flames. And then that was the end of the cherry pit. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't shit your pants that day... There might three not be any three might kings. Might not not have happened. <laughs> yeah, man. Do you think butterfly the, effect? Man. Do you think the arson investigator found my shitty underwear? Dirty underwear. <laughs> We're gonna run a D. I just get a knock at my door. We did a DNA scraping <laughs> of your poopy underwear. Or no, they didn't do a DNA scrape scraping. They're like, we picked through your poo poo and found out what you were eating and tracked it back to this location. That probably didn't happen. Yeah. But so this sex joke, underage girls sneaking into a club joke. Of course, if we did that now, we would be arrested. So speaking, speaking of this joke and speaking of Bart, um, Bart's wife, Jen from Throttle Bomb, McCrory, before she was Bart's wife and she was in the blackouts, she came... Shit her pants and started a fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, she came, she came to the show. She came to see us play at the Oriental uh, with her daughter, who at the time was a teenager. And, you know, I was a, like, vulgar, just despicable drunk at that point. And I'm like, that song's about butt-fucking teenage girls. And I remember, I remember Jen coming up to me afterwards and was like, really, Aaron? I'm here with my teenage daughter. And, like, I'm like, oh, you got to come see this band. They're really great. And one of the first things in your mouth is this song's about butt-fucking teenage girls. Like now, I imagine myself saying that on stage, and I'm just, and I still say wildly inappropriate stuff on, like R-rated stuff on stage. Here's another thing: Why are you bringing your teenager to goddamn concerts? They got no place there. No babies. Hates teenagers. No, it hates teenagers. Hey, uh, I don't think I'm alone, but I think everybody hates teenagers. Yeah, fuck them, dude. Fuck teenagers, they, they, dude. They, just know it all. What an old man dude, conversation. Dude, whatever. they're the worst. Now, I think, like, even teenagers hate other teenagers. They do. They, they hate everything. They, they, they're just disdainful and just about everything. And they hate each other. And they gossip about each other nonstop. But they're obsessed about what they think of each other. Mm. They care so much about what people that they hate think about them. It's just... It's just an awful existence. I hated being a teenager. It was the worst. Like, I, I almost feel like every teenager should be shot into space to, like, a boarding school planet where they are kept until they're 30. 
kept until they're 30 years old. Until so, I get a job. So, and learn. so at what age? 13? For, so 13 when, to 30. So when you're 13, you get shot into space? 11 to 30. 11, 11 years old, you get shot into space to the, to, the, to the boarding school planet, and you're not allowed to return until you're 30, and you got a goddamn job. Well, this has been the Cranky Old Man cast. <laughs> now, this, you know what I don't like? You know what they ought to do? Uh, this has been the motherfucking con- uh, blah, 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 the motherfucking podcast. My guest today has been my best bud, uh, our bass player, the second longest running member of this band, Mr. Hulk Logan O'Connor, our bass player. I'm really glad you could come and do this. Yeah, with yeah. Um, I, I want to do more of them. I just don't always have the time. So. Well, eventually when we get that sound room going in there, we're going to be able to do a lot of podcasts in there. It's cool. going to be really cool. So um, real quick, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Thanks to Matula Plumbing. Matula! Shit rolls downhill. Don't be at the bottom. Your number two is our number one priority. Your shit is our bread and butter. Matula Plumbing in Des Plaines, Illinois. The best in the biz. Evergroove Studio in Evergreen, Colorado. That is that is the official studio of Motherfucking Ruckus, where uh, we record all our episodes of Motherfucking Monday, where we're working on our new record, and a whole bunch of other stuff that's going to be coming down the pike soon. Brad is the man. Go yeah. check him out. The Ethans he, are the man. He, Jenny is the man. Jenny is the man. <laughs> Go check them out. They will make your shitty band sound way better. So good. Uh, Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios, uh, the official practice space, motherfucking ruckus, uh, fully equipped studios located at 27th and Larimer in the Rhino District of Denver. Great prices. Really a really cool place. And and Kate is a real mensch. She's great. Uh, and, oh. What is a mensch? A mensch is, uh, it's Yiddish okay. for like, it's a good guy. Oh, that's a good guy. Yeah, honest. Yeah, Kate, uh, it's a real good that's guy. That's a good guy. She, Kate, she, she's a good meatball. Kate's a Kate's a good egg. Um, and the guy we deal with most of the time there, since Kate's busy running the operational side of it, the dude that's there running the counter, his name is Jason Bonham. He's like got the same name as fucking Bonzo's only son. Wow, I didn't know that. There's something cool about that. The more you know. And every time I see, a, like every time I see him, I'm like that's fucking Jason Bonham. Yeah. Fucking him right there. No. You played for Led Zeppelin for a little bit. Right on. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, Nug Nation Studios, of course, where we record this podcast. Look them up at thenugnation.com. And, of course, the brave souls who uh, support us on patreon.com slash mfruckus be a small recurrent monthly contribution. You guys make our world go round. We could not do it without you. To learn more about... You, you have a bunch of good meatballs. You have a bunch of menches. A bunch of menches. That's why we decided to mention you. <laughs> Oh, I had a joke for you. Oh, shit. Okay, I've got two jokes for you, two for you yeah. to use, and you can have these, okay? The first one, the first one's a short one, okay? okay. First one's Do a I short have one. To have them? No, no, <laughs> no, you don't have to have them. Okay. So, so, I just think we should write jokes for each other. Okay. So, the first one is you just come right out the gate and you go, you know what chaps my ass? And then the crowd, like, kind of goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just go, moisture. Friction. <laughs> That's, uh, okay, because most I came up with that running one. Running out of gold bond, wall, baby powder. Yeah. So there's that one, and then I have a bit about how uh, that song "Before He Cheats" is a really irresponsible message. 
Like, if you, you know that song? Okay. I'm not too familiar. So I took my car right to the side of his pretty little souped-up uh, four-wheel drive. Called my name into his leather seats. I took a Louisville slugger to both headlights. Popped a hole in all four tires. Maybe next time he'll think before he cheats. I was, I was thinking about what a, like... Like, I understand the message, and I understand how it's like, yeah, girl, get him. But it's also a pop country hit, and so you know there are women in, like, the South. There's probably women all over the place who, like, don't know that when you're listening to a song, it's like, all right, it's a little fantasy escapism, but this is how we conduct ourselves in real life. And they listen to that, and they went, yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to go fuck up someone's stuff and they end up going to jail and catching a record and end up on probation and it fucks their life up and and i feel like that that's that's detrimental and then that's like that's fucking your own life up for someone else so i'm like so i think there should be a version of that song which like cast a more positive message it's like so i took his stuff and i packed it up and i asked him to move out right away and then i went to my mom's and we sat and talked a while and then i boiled up a nice hot pot of tea and i thought about myself spiritually and then you know just I moved the fuck on and then I moved the fuck on and I went on a road trip I spent a little time trying to discover myself and like just go on and on about these like much healthier ways because he's just too immature for a relationship like and just dude I was doing that shit at work to one of the girls I work with and like just dude I went on like way too long with it and she's just like laughing but she's like shut the fuck up and then a couple days ago she sends me a text message and she's like I'm in the back of a cab and before he cheats just came on the radio I fucking hate you (laughs) (laughs) anyway ruining songs for people is always great hey don't gals don't fuck up your life for some idiot don't go fucking up his stupid truck. Let him run away with that tramp. You can do much better because you you've got you've got self esteem. Mm. All right. Uh, yeah. So you can have those jokes. Oh, thanks. We'll, we'll we'll work them out. We'll punch them up. Oh, I almost forgot. We close with a we close with a one for the homies every week. Um, uh. So this week, uh, I don't know if I'm even supposed to be releasing this, but I am just so goddamn proud of my baby brother. That I can't contain myself. Brian, my brother, who some of you may know came and filled in for Ty on drums on this last trip that we did. Um, my brother has a thrash band that he plays drums for called Head Trauma. And he sent me some of the early mixes for their debut um, EP that they're getting ready to put out. This is a song called Human Torch. And it's about the time my brother set himself on fire. Awesome. And, like, dude, it's total, like, municipal waste, DRI. Like, he sent this to me. And I'm going to be honest. Like, I I didn't know how to approach this. I'm like, is that you playing drums? Like, are you you really playing on this? And he was like, yeah, that's me. Mm. And it, dude, it sounds so good. So this, this is a premiere a debut performance of head trauma featuring my brother b howell brian howell uh and the human torch world premiere on the motherfucking podcast i'm aaron i'm hulk logan and uh we'll see you next time guys bye-bye
You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. 